Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Chris Lance. Chris is a senior director at UNA, a group purchasing organization that very nicely provides the Sourcing Hero its home. Chris joins me every month to tackle a current news story or trending topic of interest from his own point of view. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for being back for this month's episode of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Always a treat. Happy to be here, Kelly. And this is also officially the last episode of 2023. I can't even believe it. Like five minutes ago or five years ago, depending on your perspective, it was the first episode of 2023. I'm not entirely sure where the year went, uh, but we're going to play right into that timing this year and look back and then look forward. Um, So to get us started, Chris, Mm -hmm. what do you think is either the biggest or the most impactful or your favorite story of 2023? So that's, that's a tough question. Cause like, I think when we were talking last month, I mean, there's, well, this year it's been a blur uh, and there's been yes. so many massive topics. Like I would argue you could pick the top 10 in any, I'll say normal year. Those would have been a headline that would, would run the <laughs> whole year, but it's like almost every week, every other week, every month, there's just something massive. So I was on the fence um, with chat GPT. Like I think we had talked about before, just cause it's, it's tied into everything and it's so massive, but yeah. The biggest one I'll have to say for me personally is the state of the border um, for the for the United States. Um, reason I think that that jumps out to me so much, just as my knee jerk reaction, is that it just goes boils down to just basic national security. And again, if you look at any of the other headlines, whether it's you know the, the Middle East or uh, Eastern Europe, like there's or potentially even other conversations, you know, with China and Taiwan and different things like that. Uh, I believe that that's a, that's, that's a weak point for us. Um, so when you step back and you look at, we're not at the border crisis, we're not talking thousands, we're, we're talking millions of yeah. people have now entered the United States. Um, you know, I think we touched on it in the past, Kelly, the, the part that's, hmm, I don't want to say the most concerning, but it just really makes me scratch my head. But it's like, well, how how are those people, how are those individuals getting here? Right. And when you when you really do your research and find out it's they're getting here on tax dollars, they're getting here through the UN, they're getting here through it's not on their own on their own two feet. Um, and so what that's meant, you know, for for citizens, well, just use the state of New York, for example. I think they've spent either at or over like right around $2 billion to support um, asylum seekers. And then I think it was just a a handful of weeks ago, they're saying we need money. There's a state of emergency. We need money from the federal government. And so, but why why is, why isn't that going to citizens? Why isn't that going to to veterans? Um, And then I don't want to go to a dark place, but we've touched on this too this year, I think Kelly, but who is actually entering the border, right? Um, 
know, I think, yeah, we did touch on this, but it, you know, there's, there's a lot of fighting age males. It's not necessarily just, you know, families uh, there are right. There are families, there are people who are looking to improve their lives. Um, but the reality is, is we're seeing fighting age males by the thousands on a weekly and daily basis entering the country. Um, and so to me, that's why I think it's been the big story because of all those factors and the potential impacts, but also the fact that it's not slowing down. It's actually gaining speed. Um, I was watching, I don't know, like if this, I almost thought it was like parody, but they were saying that there's um, potential for like, I guess they're weighing the options of, well, hey, what if uh, we allow these the, these immigrants, the illegal immigrants to continue coming into the country? And if, hey, if they join the military, maybe we can grant them citizenship. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Like it's, and you know, and so when I say it's gaining more momentum, there's a big disconnect, I think, from the state level and what um, the public is seeking and wanting versus what's actually happening. And so there was a bill, um, I think it's HB 3596. I'm, I'm not sure because it's, it's happened in the past um, where Texas has essentially said, uh, we might look at breaking away. But what's wild to me, Kelly, and I don't know that this has ever happened. I'll have to check in history. But I think they held a vote. They, as in Texas, held a vote in November, and they actually now have enough signatures to force the GOP to actually ask about secession on the state's primary ballots. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's scary. (laughs) Is it not? (laughs) Because then you think, all right, well, who else is being impacted? You got Arizona, Mm -hmm. Louisiana. And so it's like, where is this actually heading? So for me, it's just a massive, I don't want to say story. It's a massive event that is still ongoing. And it's one that I'm watching very closely. Well, and it's interesting too, because obviously all of this impacts the system as a whole. But even if we take a tiny little piece just so that our heads don't explode, <laughs> there's an enormous impact from a supply chain perspective. Oh, yeah. Right. Because all of these entry points are also where all of the goods are coming through. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are concerned. Another major story from this year is the spotlight that was shown back on the travesty of human smuggling. Oh, yes. And so the more volume, the more chaos, the more confusion, the more administration you have going on, we know there are people slipping through. Mm -hmm. Some of those cases turn out tragic, right? That's an issue. But then if Texas were to succeed, Mm-hmm. And Chris, I'm knocking on wood because yeah. we've had enough. Like, right, right, right. enough change. But if they were to succeed, secede, think about all of the business changes. <sighs> Businesses like Tesla, even that have moved operations to Texas, mm-hmm. they have their own electrical grid. So, from an infrastructure standpoint, they're probably better positioned than many states to even make a credible threat of making that move. But it would certainly have an impact along the lines of Brexit, where even though Texas is geographically contiguous to the United States, whereas the UK had the the channel in between, economically, we've been so integrated for so long that trying to pull that out of US-based contracts and systems and, and supply chains is just complicated on a level that I can't even start to wrap my head around. Um, So I think you're absolutely right. Major story from this year, major story that we are going to continue looking at next year. And on the topic of people, 
-hmm. When I look back at 2023, the word that comes to my mind is unions. <laughs> it oh, was wow. yeah. fascinating what we saw from unions this year because we saw Teamsters get very colorful negotiating with UPS. We saw them potentially, if indirectly, bring down yellow freight. We know FedEx isn't unionized, but there's things going on there. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we got to watch the difference in tone between how Sean O'Brien and the Teamsters or the Auto Workers Union approach the auto manufacturers. And then on the other side, you had Hollywood using different negotiating tactics. And yeah. I'll say from my perspective, getting a very different level of result in return. So mm. just like we can look at the state of the border and draw business and supply chain conclusions or give ourselves things to think about, as people that are regularly negotiating, I think not necessarily looking to mirror the tactics of the unions. I would definitely advocate anyone against creating a fake tombstone with the dates of your <laughs> negotiating <laughs> component's lifespan ending in the current year and posting it on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, but just thinking about what's the total cost? What can you truly get if you prolong the negotiation? Really taking a bigger picture perspective and leveraging public sentiment where appropriate. A lot of people in this listening audience do work for consumer-facing companies. And having a tab on that pulse of the people is incredibly important for things, even that seem very internal, that procurement and sourcing and supply chain professionals do. So that's mm -hmm. that's my big takeaway from the year. Um I'll give you a chance to to sound off on that, and then I'll actually let you hold the mic, Chris, to tell us what you're looking forward to in 2024. Well, I I don't have much to add. I think you you nailed it from the union's perspective, and I, I would argue that's it's it's not dominated the headlines the way some of these other topics have, but I would argue it should. Um, I think the only at least from my from my view, maybe it's just my channels or my feed, but a lot of the times I wasn't seeing. Uh, really a lot of friction until it kind of came down to the 11th hour, but they all did come down to the 11th hour. In fact, I think <laughs> like the UAW, I think that, um, well, I'll, I'll share a, a fun, fun share. I went to order, uh, like a, a full size, uh, spare for my, for my wife's car and, um, went and got the price, got the quote, walked in to order it. Um, and I asked this, I won't, I'll, I'll spare the manufacturer's name. Right. <laughs> but I walked in to order it and I said, all right, well, it's kind of steep hashtag inflation. And I said, um, what, when will it arrive? He says, oh, I, I can't, I can't tell you that. And I'm like, well, I know I, I can, I can call back like a week or two. And he says, no, I, with the ongoing strike, I can't tell you if it will be six months. I can't tell you if it will be a year. <laughs> Everything has stopped. And I'm like, well, that's not helpful. Yeah. I'm like, so I'll watch <laughs> the news I, to see when I can get this. <laughs> he kind of laughed and was like, that's your best bet. So you're absolutely right. I think there were larger impacts. Um, that, that's a, that's a really, really good story um, or topic. As far as next year, well, <laughs> So next year's an election year. Um, so normally my knee jerk is, ooh, I'll be watching kind of, you know, what's the election, you know, propaganda from both sides and what's sifting through that. But I I don't know that, at least from the previous election, I can't believe it's already been like over three years ago, but um, I don't know that the propaganda ever really stopped. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, there's been one thing after another that's been even even when the, it was like, we were talking about the wrapping up of the headline and it just rolled right into the next election. Um, 
And so what I will be watching is all things economy and currency related. Um, and so that's, that's a pretty big net that I'm casting there. But there's, I think, three pillars, at least for me, that I think are going to essentially touch everything. Um, so the first one's going to be the BRICS nations. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've touched on that as well, Kelly, earlier this year, but we were kind of cautioning what's about to happen next month. Um, and so what that is, is I, so starting in January, January one, two major, major factors happen for the U S dollar. First one is Iraq is banning all U S dollar transactions. I mean, you can't like withdraw, you can't use it. You just can't use the U S dollar period. Wow. But the big, the bigger story is that for over 50 years, uh, the U.S. dollar has been the world reserve for longer than that, the world reserve currency. But I believe it's been based off of like the petrodollar and all, all that trade there. Right. And starting January 1, yeah, Saudi Saudi Arabia is going to start trading in other currencies. And that's that's massive. Um, so when you look at that and the BRICS nations that are in there, you're also seeing that our adversaries uh, seem to be getting closer. So you got you got China, Russia, North Korea. They're all working very closely together to create these this brick nations currency, and they've not been quiet about it. And so, while I've not seen anything that the U.S. is doing to compete with that, um, I think that's that's coming to again, like I said, coming to a head in a matter of weeks. Um, the second pillar that I'll be watching around currencies is really going to be around the central bank digital currencies. Um, I won't go on and on about this. I think it seems inevitable at this point that some sort of, uh, you know, digital currency will be rolled out. But what I'll be watching is what what friction comes from that. Um, specifically in the states, um, we're already seeing uh, some contention <laughs> between yeah. uh, the state and the federal level. Um, I know my home state or my state, Missouri, Tennessee, and others are actually they're not even just rejecting it; they're actually putting things in motion to block. Uh, central bank digital currencies. So the submitted bills, um, which actually falls in line with the constitution, but how gold and silver should be legal tender and should be accepted um, and trying to get away from requiring all digital. So that's, and then the third pillar, uh, I don't, I don't want to go to a dark place, but question mark for me is, will there be hyperinflation around utilities, shelter, and yeah. food? Um, depending on which... <laughs> I, I, news channel you watch, right? Has inflation stopped? Is it slowing down? In my opinion, it hasn't. Um, it's not even close to slowing down yet. Um, I think negative growth is still growth in the wrong <laughs> direction. Yeah. And so I, from what I can see, and I'm not an economist, but I think the Fed is trapped. Um, I think cutting or raising um, or even just pausing rates has critical consequences. Um, and I think that all of those things are really going to come to a head. Um, I think earlier in the year, I, my my prediction was some things are going to get really dire in Q4. Um, mm. I, I think they are pretty dire now, but uh, I think next year, specifically around like March and April, I think some things are going to have to be done. Like there's there's treasuries due, there's contracts and things that are coming <laughs> coming to renewal. And I think the, the can that's been kicked down the road, I, I think we're running out of road. Um, so that's, those are the things that I'll be watching, uh, kind of going into, uh, next year, but, but what, what about you? What, what, uh, what has your attention or what, what are you going to be watching? Well, first I just have to say, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening you, to you talking about 2024 and I've got a visual forming in my head. So let me see if I can do mm -hmm. this visual justice. Here's, here's what I think I hear you saying. 
Okay. Uh, for anybody that's roughly my age or grow up watching sort of classic holiday specials, I'm thinking about like the Rankin Bass sort of like claymation puppet animation yeah, yeah, things yeah. where you've got the stately older gentleman with the long beard and the white robe as the outgoing year. Mm -hmm. And then you've got cute little baby new year in the diaper with the sash and the black top hat, right? And in the one hands, the, the mantle from the one year to the other. Uh -huh. It sounds like in 2024, baby new year is going to turn back to Mr. Departing 2023 and say, hold my beer. Yeah, I think, <laughs> that's, I think so. that's my that I'm I'm getting from from what you're describing, um, and I think my thinking is very much in line with yours. And I think it's natural this time of year to think big picture, right? You can't say, mm -hmm. oh, you know, the price of something is going to be X in 90 days. That's not the level we tend to focus on in these conversations. But when you think about how the work that corporate purchasing and supply chain departments are doing intersects with the political landscape, like it or not, I think we have to have our, our feelers out for what's real, what's, as you said, propaganda or political cannon fodder. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we, we saw an early example of that just recently. Uh, the White House rolled out their Council on Supply Chain Resilience, which I was fascinated by. I love it. Anytime supply chain is in the headlines, I don't care blue or red, I want to send the headlines. Yeah, too, too. Yep. When you look at the list of who's on the council, they literally are just asking the secretary of education to leave the room. Boom, council. It's literally the exact same people minus the secretary of education. So that was a bit of a, you know, yeah. moment. Okay. Not the news I was hoping it was going to be. Um, and I think we have to watch China, not just for what they might be doing militarily or in terms of funding and some of these hot spots internationally, but aggression towards Taiwan. I mean, we've we've had the CHIPS Act, but it's going to take time for that to take effect and for the benefits to start rolling in. Mm -hmm. If we lose Taiwan or if that connection starts getting dodgy anytime inside the next five years, most companies and industries in the United States, and in fact, the Western world, have a major problem on their hands. Mm -hmm. So watching geopolitics for things like that, certainly dynamics around fuel, as you mentioned, currency and liquidity. Um, and then the economy in general, I'm hearing early signs. Um, I, I recently talked to Chris Sachuk from the Hackett Group, and yeah. he's saying 2024, we're back to cost first procurement. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that sustainability is not still important or any of the other things covered in ESG, certainly value and innovation, competitive advantage, but we're going back to basics, back to fundamentals. And I think after spending the last three, almost four years thinking about business continuity and supply assurance, to have to start getting back into that mindset of, Yes, yes, partnership and having stuff show up, but what are we paying for it? What is the total cost of ownership? Thinking mm -hmm. about circular economy and lo reverse logistics and, and all of those things, we have to kind of get back to dollars and cents and keep our eye on the ball if we're going to weather all of these other storms uh, that sounds like are, are coming next year. Um, now, given all of this complexity and little baby knew you're handing off his beer to the old guy. Let's think about heroism because boy, do we need a hero mm. right now. And, mm. and this is always 
where we bring these conversations to, to think about, okay, given the situation we find ourselves in, where is the hope? Where is the heroism? Mm -hmm. If people listening in aspire, even if they don't want to think about being heroes, mm -hmm. but if they aspire to have the capacity to be heroic next year, what would you advise them to do with the next few remaining days in 2023? Well, so yeah, you're right. You know, we, we're, we are talking days. So if we're talking, if we've, uh, I would say for first thing is go into the next year with a, with a, with a positive mindset. Um, I would think there's going to be enough, um, confusion, spin, negativity being tossed around as it, as it is. Um, so I, I would think highlighting any positives, um, you know, and again, it is, it is the holiday season. And so remembering your why, remembering what you're thankful for, again, back to basics. Um, the, the deeper, the better answer is what I would say is to have a plan B for your plan B. Um, mm -hmm. you know, even, even with my ear to the ground, I, I expect ne next year to just be full of surprises that just knock me on my heels. Um, and even with most people I've being checked out due to what I think is just crisis fatigue. Um, I think that there's going to be things that happen that just simply cannot be ignored. If any of the, any of the one, any one of the things that we just spoke about, Kelly, if any of those go sideways or negative, or it's not a positive outcome, it could be catastrophic, right? So I do think at some point next year, there's going to be something pretty massive. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be prudent to have backup plans. Uh, and I think that that should be applied to like your life and whatever yeah. that means to you personally, whether it's for your company and it's hiring and goals and budgets, whether it's your home and your family, I just, there's so many unknowns that can cause or at least become a critical point of like global change. I think everybody needs to just be ready to pivot. Um, and then also it would just be, again, wise to just have very specific redundancies in place. Yeah. Well, and I will tell everybody who may or may not have caught the episode. We did an episode that published over the summer where we focused on sort of the combination of mental and physical health. And your advice in that episode was to take cold showers. So I will say silver lining. I'm so grateful that your recommendation <laughs> to be ready for 2024 is not to start taking cold showers because I just have to like punch my card and clock out. Like, yeah, sorry, not happening. can't do it if that's a, if that's your requirement. Yeah. But I love your point about having a plan B for your plan B. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to think about, okay, why is that not a plan C, right? Because it means you've already started down the road of plan B, which means you've had to reorient what is the landscape if you've yes. gone to plan B and then making changes to that. To me, now we're talking 4D chest. Yes. Now you're talking about thinking through not just, okay, if I back up because plan A and B didn't work, what would plan C have been? No, no. Now we're down a road. Right. And so what are the pros and cons to plans, you know, A through L, depending on how many plans you have? <laughs> I really do think having those conversations and even just knowing what's unknown may end up being an enormous advantage because we know there will be surprises. There are always surprises. And mm -hmm. some surprises are good. I mean, chat GPT was a pretty cool surprise in, in 2023. Yeah. But there's a lot of other stuff going on too. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's an excellent frame of mind to be in as we wrap the year. Um, Chris, if people are just meeting you in this conversation, and, and just so that you know, I always list our past few episodes down in the show notes. So if you are connecting with Chris and I or finding the Sourcing Hero podcast for the first time today, just scroll down. There's a few episodes on, on different topics that you might be interested to listen to. Uh, but what is the best way for people to get in touch with you, Chris, or to learn more about Una? Yeah. So if it's just to get in touch with me, you can check me out on LinkedIn. It's Chris with a K, K-R-I-S, Lance. Um, or you can send me an email if it's a question, you want to have a debate, you want to <laughs> pick my ear, my, my brain on. <laughs> Ooh, on be sure other. to record it if somebody yeah, calls. Right? <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. <laughs> uh, but you can send me an email. It's Chris, K-R-I-S at una.com. Uh, for information about the team, what we do, um, wonderful, wonderful people around me, uh, just go to una.com. You can go to about us, see who's here, what we do, different things like that best way to get in touch with us. Excellent, Chris. Well, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who's listened in either to this episode or all year long. We wish everybody the absolute best and we will talk to you all in the new year. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.